Hi everyone, this is Marilyn Bradford, and I would like to welcome you to my Left Turn podcast. What is your left turn? Writing a blog, parenting in a different way, letting go of the old because you are aware of something greater. Left turns are choices we can all make. It's about a willingness to step into the unknown in any area of your life, to trust yourself to risk creating or trying something new. It's about letting your true uniqueness shine. The greatest people who have lived, artists, statesmen, writers, explorers, musicians, have all been people willing to turn left. What capacities do you have that you have not acknowledged? What would your life and the world be like if you were willing to turn left? Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Left Turn Podcast. I'm Marilyn Bradford, and I'm thrilled today to have John Wheeler as my guest talking about his left turns in life. John is a therapist and a certified facilitator with Access Consciousness. I know from chatting with him that he has a wicked sense of humor, and he's also a dog dad. So anyway, let's get going. Welcome, John. Hello. Happy to be here. Excellent. So what kinds of left turns have you made with your life? What would you like people to know about that? Yeah. So we were chatting a bit before when I when I saw the description of your left turn podcast, I started reading it and I started asking myself, you know, what is what I actually went to what is my left turn and you so promptly said, well, what if you have more than one, which is a great, great question. But I think one of the, there's two big left turns I can think of. One would be, you know, graduating high school, going to college. We're always taught, you know, get a job. We were basically trained my entire life in school you go get a degree you get a job there's jobs out there yada 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 which we all know now is not necessarily the truth but when I went to school I changed my degree three times all around teaching different subjects and then after six years I finally just committed finished it got a teaching license got my job as a teacher I taught for one year at the high school level and I spent that entire year basically sobbing every day after work, questioning what in the world I was doing, why, like really starting to look at why I wanted to be a teacher, like what was the motivation and how did I get there? And talking with a lot of friends, talking with a lot of access facilitators at the time, having them ask me a lot of questions about what are you doing and where are you going? Um. And the biggest thing I had was, oh, I want to be a teacher. And then someone asked me, well, what if you can teach in different ways? What is it that you actually want to be teaching? Mm. So I started looking at the students I worked with and what parts of the job I liked. And I was going, oh, I don't want to teach these people about textbooks. I don't want to teach them subject matters. They like these kids don't need that. They need to know how to live. Wow. People need to know how to have a life. And so I was like, go back to school go do something different. And I got an email about being a school psychologist. And so it started me down this rabbit hole of searching like, well, what if I go back to school and I'm a psychologist? And then I'm like, 
well, that's too small. That's still in schools. So eventually I went to grad school right after six years of undergrad and a year of teaching, went into three more years of school, which is, you know, just something you don't do unless you already planned it and completely shifted careers. And in that time frame, I also became an access consciousness facilitator. So looking at really what I had planned as my life to be a teacher, my original plan was teaching music. And then I changed the teaching sciences because I just am a nerd and I love science. And, and to being someone who now travels the world and works with people from all around my state, but also the planet, talking about creating lives that they'd like to live, knowing that you can choose something different. And the biggest thing that I looked at before coming on your podcast, I was like, well, what is it that you want to actually invite people to with saying yes to even doing the podcast? And yeah. the thing that kept popping in my head is like, it's never too late. Like if uh -huh. there's something that you want to do, just do it. Uh -huh. Like what? And it's easy for me to say, you know, I'm, I'm young, but age to me, I'm like, there's people that are like 65 and go back to school. We have someone that I went to school with who had two PhDs and she went back to get a license in counseling because she was tired of doing research. And she was like 52, I think, mm -hmm. going to school with a bunch of 20 and 30 year olds. And she did amazing and she fit in and like, you know, there's just, there's so many different things. So that would be the biggest left turn. The second left turn I realized. Okay, I'm going to stop you right there because yeah. I want to point out something. You got into teaching and you questioned it. Yeah. That in and of itself is essentially a left turn to actually question what you're doing. Yeah. So I just <laughs> wanted to point that one out. And also I went back to become a therapist at 40, you know, and worked for 30 some years. It's, I love that, that you're never too old to change things. That's really true. Yeah. Well, and, and I didn't even think about the question part, but I think that's, one of the weird things about me is I question everything. I just have one of those minds <laughs> where That's nothing, nothing's different. ever settled. I'm like, well, that didn't work. Well, yeah. I'm bored with this. Now what? <laughs> well, to me, that's living left turns. Mm. Because it's always about, I'm not settling. What's going on here? I'm not settling this. This is boring. This is what else could I do? Yeah. That's the willingness to not solidify and not go, okay, this is my life. This is who I am. Um, had had you always questioned as a child or young adult? I did. I was a tinker. Like, you were a what? A tinker. Like my, my family would put me in a, we had a, I remember when the Chevy Venture vans came out, which had like the, the first time there were TVs in the van and you could play movies and they had electric doors that opened. Because I came through the, you know, the age where technology started to take over. So I went from having nothing to having everything. Right. And my parents, whenever they would get something new that was technology related, they'd give it to me. And I wouldn't read manuals. I would just go, oh, what does this do? And I would push a button. <laughs> oh, what does this do? And I push a button. So by the time my parents got in the car, they'd be like, oh, how do you shut this freaking door? I'm like, oh, you just push this. That's like, how do you know that? I'm like, I got it. And I pushed the button. Like, what do you mean? So I think I've always, I don't know if it's, there's just a innate sense of curiosity with how things work, uh -huh. which in order to know how things work, you have to actually be willing to question how it works. Yes. 
Yes. Do you find so, yourself doing yeah. that as a therapist? I used to do that occasionally. If I ask this question, what button will that push? <laughs> Pretty much. Well, and even outside of therapy, I I recently called myself a pot stirrer to someone. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, what do you mean? And like, I like to watch in silence what's going on and then wait for it to just settle or get stuck. And then I just kind of go in and stir, stir it up, mix it all up and go, here you go. <laughs> Not always, you know, towards the negative. A lot of people think when you're a pot stirrer, you're causing drama. It just depends on what you're stirring. Are you stirring drama? Or are you stirring possibilities? You know? yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. But, I like that. I do find myself, I find a lot of times watching people, and I think this is where therapy became a really good practice along with the being a certified facilitator, because both of those are all focused on empowering people and seeing what else is available and then asking questions to empower them to be able to choose if they want. And so I often will watch, I watch the world, which right now can be a very scary thing to do. Yes, I just yes. watch things. I go, what, how did we get here? Like, mm. this is really where we're headed. Mm-hmm. And so even with those things, it's still looking for me going, okay, that's not a set future. That's not a set route that we have to go, which goes back to the left turn. It's like, yes. all right, we're going this way. And what if we turn here? Yes. What if we just stop going that direction? So it's always looking at what, I guess that is looking for the left turn of what stops you here and pivots so that you have a different pathway or a different route that you can take well you have an awareness that there are a lot of possible ways to go and so many people don't it's like this is it or they box themselves in with this is the way the truth and the light and they don't ask any questions about anything so that is just living a left turn basically to know we can change we might say all right now what, what if we do this What's going to change this? What are the possibilities? Well, and that makes sense when I think back to conversations with some of my clients too, where they'll go to, oh, well, if I say this to them, this is the result. And they go, well, that's one result. Yes. And why do you have to say it that way? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Which sometimes drives them crazy. But. Part of the job. (laughs) Yeah. Make you a little more crazy. What's the job of a therapist? Make you more insane. Make no. you more crazy. I often, I often make comments like pe- to people like that. I'm like you know, sometimes you're gonna come in, and I guess this is life too. Sometimes you're not gonna get what you want, or something's gonna show up. You're gonna go a different direction. It's gonna be uncomfortable for a minute. Yes. But any new thing tends to be uncomfortable for a short period of time. Yes, absolutely. And I guess it depends on what you do as comfort. Because I'm like, am I comfortable now? And I'm like, I don't know if I'm so much comfortable with my life as much as I've gotten used to the discomfort, I think. <laughs> yes. Yes. I used to say, make being uncomfortable your best friend. Because it's what will lead you to new possibilities. Yeah. Yeah. If you're comfortable, you're probably stuck. Yeah. Stuck or maintaining. That's yes. When I said it the first time and questioned whether I was getting comfortable, that's where I looked was, well, are you just sitting and maintaining what you have? And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> no. Never. Because as soon as I think I am, I'm like, I, I either two things show up boredom. Yeah. Or frustration. Those are like the two 
I'll get irritated and be like, what are you doing with yourself? Stop this. (laughs) I know. Stop that. People ask ask me a lot. My favorite thing is when people ask me, how do I motivate myself to like let go of things? Or I can get really angry and then it goes away really quickly. And they're like, how do you do that? I'm like, what's the, what's the target? Like if I'm angry, what's it, is it getting me anywhere? No. So why am I making it relevant? Didn't change anything. I'm just angry. Right. So. I often tell myself in my head, stop that, or what are you doing? Or I sometimes have not so polite things to say to myself in (laughs) terms of like, get over yourself, you big baby, you know, those sorts of things. Yes. Yes. That was the nice, that was the nice non-explicit version that I say to myself. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Explicit, I can't say that word, you know what I mean. (laughs) Yes. I'm being non-explicit. We're on a podcast. Yes. Keeping it clean. Keeping it clean. Awesome. So what, what's the second big left turn that comes for you? Yeah. So the second one that I, I think for me, I haven't made such a big deal, but I know I've talked about it before with friends and then they go, do you get how cool that is? And like the demand that you made, which is when I actually came out as gay to my family. Cause I, I always distinctly remember having a conversation with my family it not going well and I think I left a voicemail and literally in the voicemail all I said was I'm not going back to what I was this is who I am I haven't changed who I am I've changed one thing about me and you can either get on board or go away wow and I just remember talking with friends afterwards like in much further down the road with adult friends who have looked at it and go, do you realize that that's the moment that you started to have to choose to have your own life and be yourself? Wow. And I always look back on it and I'm like, and this is what's funny to me. It's like, oh, I did do that, but it doesn't have that. Like, it was such a big deal. It was such a huge thing. Like I would look more at going from a teacher to a therapist and going back to school and spending lots of money Mm -hmm. as a bigger turn than that. But in reality, that's the moment that I think I started to live to live a different life and actually going, you know what, I'm going to choose what I choose and you're either going to support it or go away. You don't get to judge it. You don't get to fight it. Either get on board or be gone. But that's totally honoring you. Yeah. And trusting, you know, all of the, what in access they call the five elements of intimacy. That's very cool. How old were you when you did that? I think I would have been like 22, 23. Uh It would have been about 12 years ago, actually. It's not that long ago. Wow. So 21. Yeah. So, and it was interesting. Like even looking at it now, it's interesting because it's given me a different place to speak to people also when it comes to family or parents or you know, seeking something from people that are supposed to love you. And then in that moment, it feels like they don't, or they're not, or they're not supporting you. And to say, Hey, they may never. And just because they're not, doesn't mean you're wrong and you're bad and you have to stop what you're doing. Right. So yeah, I think that that's probably not one that I would have called my biggest left turn, but now looking at it, I'm like, actually, no, that was, that was the first 
probably one of the first left turns I can recall that was an active choice to change something and not just right. living. Living, questioning and all of that. I think yeah. it's huge because you, once again, you honored yourself and not that many 21, 22 year olds do that. Yeah. You know, a lot are still in the world. Then I do this and then I do this and then I get married or then I, you know, whatever, whatever. So that was really, really huge. I mean, I would, I just have an awe of all of you all. I mean, people who are different in the sense of sexuality or sexualness or I hate those words, gender, gender identity, all of that stuff. Right. But it makes a difference to actually just acknowledge not in a fighting sense, but it sounds like what you did was, this is me. Right. You know, Yeah. this is me. Wait. And I think that's, you just said one of the coolest things that I think is something that's always stuck me with people, which is the fight part. Yeah. I've yeah. never understood fighting. <laughs> right. Like I was bullied throughout most of my like elementary years because I was into girly things like mm -hmm. I danced instead of playing football I was also heavier so football wasn't fun you know it's like it wasn't because I was gay that I liked girly things it was I just liked those things they were more my style yeah um but it was interesting watching all the different different places where people would bully me and do whatever and the response that I would get at the time was well fight back well punch them in the face you know finish it make them leave you alone and then i i'd be like yeah i'm angry and i'm gonna do those things i never did those things no i just got angry and had my tiff and whatever and moved on and and i think now as an adult when i look back at those different things i have a different way of seeing just a lot of things i don't see the point in fighting with really anything i'm like can't we just see and I, I know this comes with that thing you said too, of having the awareness of multiple realities and multiple yeah. pathways and multiple choices. Mm -hmm. Apparently I live in a multiple choice world because I remember even now, like the way the world, state of the world is with politics all over the place and medical stuff and the gender identity thing. Like there's so many things and people are trying to control each other and fighting and arguing. Yes. And I always look at all that, I'm like, this isn't about, this isn't an, an us versus them thing. This is just, why can't we all under, like ask question and be, be aware of what's really going on? And like, what's the bigger picture here? Because the fighting is getting us nowhere except more fighting. We're well, getting more and more separated. It really strikes me, John, as you were unwilling to go down to their level. Yeah, because I just, I think for me, it's really a lot of it is looking at going, what is the point? Yes. Again, a question. What is the point? If I go to their level and fight, what's it doing? Exactly. Adding to it. It's not changing. It's not moving away from where I'd like to go. That doesn't mean I have not fought or argued with people when I've had to. Right. Like it's I have put people in their place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's always a choice something you can choose or not choose but never a necessity right That's and always from what what is it actually going to do what's yes. it actually going to create yeah just screaming at someone to hold stand your ground doesn't always create what you want it to create or get you anywhere sometimes it keeps you right where you are exactly and then and other times 
you know, if you don't say something to someone, then they take advantage of you. They use you. They manipulate you. Like, they have total control because you're totally passive and you don't have a choice to be anything but that. So it's, I think that's been one of the coolest things with doing therapy also, is seeing where people fudge it from and go, well, you can do that. And what's it create? Yes. Yes. You can do that. And what, where are you going with that choice? And then where does that choice lead? Like you can almost, obviously you can't guarantee a result, but you can almost map it out like, all right, so you say that to that person and what do you think their response is going to be? Yes. Or you send that email. What do you, what do you think you're going to get out of it? Right. So it, I guess, again, I'm hearing myself and going, well, this is again, living left turns and being in question with every single thing that you do. Yes. Not going to, oh, I'm going to make this and this is going to get me here and here's my life. Right. Which right. honestly, now I'm saying out loud, dare I say, I think that would be boring. It would be totally boring. I'm like, would That's it be so- easy? It'd probably be easy, but it'd be so boring. <laughs> you bring such great curiosity to life and to therapy. And that is to me what a great therapist is someone who's always asking questions and is curious. Yeah. And that's why we go into it to begin with. It, it is to empower people. And it's also like, really? I wonder what they do that for. What's going on? You, you walk away learning so much about yourself yes. in the process. Yes, you do. Absolutely. Which is so, it's so backwards and weird, which I think is what it makes me laugh sometimes with with the people that you work with and they come in and they're like, I've had them say, how are you? I feel like I never ask you. And I'm like, well, thank you for asking. And you never have to feel like you need to ask how I am. Like that's right. the type of the relationship we have. You don't have to worry about it. But I've had people too who are like, I feel like I'm wasting your time because I feel like we're not getting anywhere. And sometimes I literally go to, you're not wasting my time. You're teaching me a lot. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, I can, you know, we can keep doing this. And let me tell you too, what I've gotten out of it. Because like I have one client who's much older and he is pro bono Uh and he's like, he got really upset about me not being paid for as long as I hadn't been paid. He didn't realize Mm. that he had Medicare, so I wasn't being paid. He was like, I can't do this because I'm not paying you. I need to give you something. I'm wasting your time. I'm like, do you know how much you've taught me about life? Wow. Not just like therapy and working with people because you're a unique case, but also just how you see politics, how you see the world how you have an outside of observation of how things work. Mm-hmm. Understanding, like he he's had a history of suicide and things. So understanding a different view of suicide from someone who's been suicidal and lived. I'm like, you've taught me a lot, but in his head, it wasn't valuable because he wasn't paying me. Wow. So like being able to walk away from a lot of those events and going, hey, you actually, I think that's part of what curiosity gives you is you learn so much, even in things others find invaluable or yeah invaluable exactly well and that's also an incredible generosity of spirit on your part to receive all of that from him and to let him know hey this has been amazing for me so right don't think i'm walking away with nothing because i'm not walking away with cash (laughs) yeah exactly there's yes there's lots of ways if you want to call it payment but there's yeah. lots of ways of gifting and receiving. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, John. This has been really, really interesting. And 
one of the things I love about doing this podcast is just what you said. I learned so much about people and it's great for me to have have you on, have you talk about your left turns and what you've learned and how you be in life and all of that. So thank you very much for being on. When thank you for doing the podcast. Like I've I'm getting the emails. So I'm seeing all the different people you're interviewing about different things. And this is I think this is a really cool conversation to have with people because it really, to me, goes to left turn being, you know, if you think you're stuck or you don't know where to go, make another choice, make another direct, like change directions, change course, yes. which is just cool because I don't think it's not a conversation that many people have. And so you're actively going out and seeking people who are doing these things to interview and share with the world. So I think that's pretty amazing. So thank you for having me on. And well, and thank you for that. And thank you for coming on, John. Yeah. Thank you for people who are listening. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for joining this episode of Left Turn. I wonder what embracing left turns could create in your life. What magical possibilities might show up? Remember, when you choose left turns, you are joining a group of the most creative, and brilliant people the world has ever known. 